New Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross with 10-year warranty and 10-year cap price servicing at Agostino Mitsubishi, Nailsworth and Elizabeth. This is Rowie's Sports Show. 18 minutes after four, ACA President Todd Greenberg next on the Aussie Stuck in India, trying to get home from the Premier League. First, let's check the traffic. Supercars are back at the Bend, May 7 to 9. You can get your tickets at thebend.com.au. Quite a few crashes to look out for this afternoon. Salisbury Heights are preying on the Grove Way at Green Valley Drive. Another one at Mawson Lakes, this one on Eldersmith Road near Main Street. Hectorville, look out for a prang there. Montague Road, St Bernard's Road. And another one at Gawler, smash on Murray Street near Calton Road. Getting busy for the drive home to Crossroad near Fullerton Road and Marion Road near Crossroad. Adelaide, it's a fact. Everyone is driving their car more. Let UltraTune's mechanics ensure your car is trouble-free and safe for the road. Search UltraTune for a service centre near you. Adelaide's most accurate traffic on 5AA. Well, Australia have banned all flights from India. It's left as many as 14 Aussies in the subcontinent. Our very own Kane Richardson still trying to return home. On the line is Australian Cricket Association President Todd Greenberg. Todd, thanks for your time and what's the latest? Uh, nice to talk to you. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's certainly um, an issue that's moving pretty regularly, as you'd imagine it would be. We've got just on 40 Australians who are in India connected to us through cricket at the IPL, whether they're current players. We've got a, a number of different former players who are in different roles, whether they're coaching or in the media. So, you know, we're trying to work really closely with Cricket Australia to get all the information from government trying to find the, the players and their former players a safe passage home at the end of the tournament. Okay. Andrew Ty got home. Richo, our man, and Adam Zampa, they left their IPL clubs to try and return home on a, uh, a flight. Where's that? What's the latest with those two? Um, we're trying to get an update on those two gents. We think they might be in transit halfway somewhere, so we'll get an update for that probably over the next few hours. Um, but, look, I've spoken to pretty much most of our, our players over the last few days, and I mean, the good part is they're, they're very safe inside the biosecurity measures, which is all credit to the IPL and the organisers through the BCCI. So the players feel very safe and secure, protected inside the bubbles. What they're, they're anxious about is obviously in four weeks' time when this tournament finishes, is about making sure they can get a safe passage home to their families and friends. And, and that's where we're trying to give them as much information, accurate information, so that we can help them plan okay. for that period of time. Our Prime Minister said the IPL cricketers, all 40 of them, whether they're there as players or, or coaches, will need to find their own way home. What does that mean? Yeah, that's fair enough too. I mean, um, you know, we have never asked for any particular favours or, or any special treatment. Um, the players certainly aren't looking for any free ride in any of this and there's no expectation, never has been and nor should there be. But what we are looking for is as much information as we can get. We want to look after the players as best we can and and get them home safely. And I, and I think that's more than reasonable. Um, you know, some of these players are, are some of our very best. Um, Steve Smith, Dave Warner, Pat Cummins, they're all over there playing with different franchises. And interestingly, some of our greatest former players are also over there. You know, Ricky Ponting, Matthew Hayden, Brett Lee, to name a few, are all working in different parts of the game in the mm. IPL. And what's also clearly resonating with, with all of them in my discussions is their very deep love and affection for India as a country and a destination and the people in India who love their cricket. Um, I think Australian cricketers over time have developed a great relationship with the country of India and I, and I think it's hurting a lot of people to see the devastation that they're going through through the pandemic. So anything we can do through this period of time 
to give back, I think, is, is vitally important. Yeah, well said. And Brett Lee donated, and so too Paddy Cummins, 50000 for respirators. Mm. Just quality, quality men. I know they all do love India. Does Cricket Australia earn any income at all from the Aussie players that play in the IPL, Todd? Yeah, there is a uh, contractual agreement between um, the BCCI and Cricket Australia, and that's been in place, I understand, uh, for a number of years now. So, look, Cricket Australia have been fantastic. They and us, I mean, Nick Ockley, who's the interim CEO, and I have been talking, you know, several times every day, uh, aligned in our strategy to take care of the people. And, and ultimately, this is what it comes down to. I mean, most of, most of our fans, if you like, who watch cricket will see our cricketers you know, it's like they wear capes, they bowl fast, they hit the balls, um, you know, to unbelievably great distances. But mm. they're like you and I, they're human beings. They're Some of them are young and some of them will be very anxious. They have families just like you and I and they're rightfully very anxious about where things are at. So, you know, our job as leaders of the sport is to help them and uh, bring them home safely. And that's exactly what we'll do in conjunction with the, the right protocols and procedures. Have Qantas given you a quote for a hire of a jet, Todd? <laughs> uh, not as yet. Uh, look, hopefully um, we can get them back on normal commercial flights. But one thing I think we've all learned through COVID is don't just have one plan. You need to have a yes. number of different backup plans. So, you know, we'll be working on that over the coming weeks. But we'll do everything that we can to get them home safely. Um, you know, it's been an incredible summer of cricket here in this country. And India certainly played their part by coming out and, our players certainly want to give back by continuing to play cricket across the world, but obviously we need to do it in a, in a safe and secure environment as well. Yeah, Todd, well said, and thanks for your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show. Todd Greenberg there, um, and our thoughts with all Indians. I know we've got 40 Australians there, as Todd said, that are either, you know, Brett Lees, Michael Slater, I mean, Matthew Hado, friend of the show, Paddy Cummins, you know, Warner, and assistants and actual support staff, but to the Indians that are there, they're in a world of hurt, and our thoughts are with you. That is just absolutely, you know, not good. 300,000 new cases again today. Crazy. Yeah. So hopefully that puts people's minds at ease because they're worried that the Australian cricketers making all nah. this money, going to get a free ride and get free flights home they'll and the rest of it. You heard Todd there. No, no, no. They'll pay for it. They're not asking for anything. So from there to here, without vaccinated athletes, there is no Tokyo Olympics. So no surprise that the Australian Olympic Committee have welcomed the Government Olympic Athlete Vaccination Plan. AOC CEO is Matt Carroll. He joins me now. Matt, common sense prevails. Yeah, look, it was great news uh, last night from uh, the National Cabinet and uh, the Prime Minister um, for that the athletes and the officials will be vaccinated, both for the Olympic team and the Paralympic team. It just takes a bit of pressure off uh, and a you know, peace of mind for the athletes, but also for their families, um, who are obviously concerned for their, for their sons and daughters heading over, over to Tokyo. And it falls in line with many other countries of the world who are, who are vaccinating their, their Olympic team. So, no, it was great news, and we're very thankful uh, for the, both the Minister for Health and Minister for Sport, um, who has assisted us. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Public perception too is, I'm guessing, it'll be rolled out so it doesn't affect the general public getting there, so there's no queue jumping. I think that's messaging that needs to be done. Matt? Yes, look, it is. And we, uh, from the beginning, uh, well, they put us into a category um, where everyone else in that category is, is being looked after for Australians. And we're working with a co- our uh, partner, Aspen uh, Medical, to manage the uh, the output. Uh, the rollout of the vaccination of the team. We're not talking, uh, you know, I think across the two, both ourselves and Paralympics, about 2,000 uh, Australians, uh, tops. Um, and as I said, we're, we're managing that separately from the public uh, system. So there's, there's no one going to get, uh, you know, uh, left, left behind. 
Yeah. Um, and that'll be rolled out in July? That's plenty of time for them? Uh, no, it'll start rolling out next week. Oh, fantastic. Well, it has to because the, uh, you, know, the, you need to have, you know, have, well, there's four weeks for one of the uh, vaccines and um, 12 weeks for another one of the vaccines. So for the, it's between six and 12 weeks for, yeah. for the AstraZeneca. Um, so we can't hit the 12 weeks uh, because it's too late. Um, so it'll be a, short, a shorter uh, time between the two jabs. Yeah, that'll be the Pfizer. And, and obviously all the support staff will fall into line as well that are going over, the coaches, etc. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and look, it's not it's not compulsory for the athletes or any of the the uh, sporting officials, okay. um, but we're highly recommending it. And the feedback I'm getting from the sports is that um, the greater majority, like 99, percent, uh, want to get vaccinated. Um, as I said, there's two two parts: one for their own health reasons, and when they come back to Australia from being at the games, of course, there's the, the safety of Australia as well because they'll come back, uh, you know, COVID free. Okay, if they don't have the Pfizer, does it? Does it preclude them from going? Is it no jab, no go? No, not for uh, for the athletes or the sport officials, but for uh, our team, our HQ, uh, the other okay. AOC staff, and that it is you. You have to be vaccinated, but that's that's under our workplace health and safety rules because they're employees of the AOC. And the protocols: you'll be tested before on arrival during the game. Uh, you, you, you you fly in, you fly out. Every measure is going to be put in place. Having said all of that, are the AOC a tad concerned of the reports of the COVID numbers coming out of Tokyo at the moment? Well, no, the, 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 the plan's in place. Uh, well, the COVID, remember, you know, Tokyo is uh, 45 million people, um, so it's you know, almost twice the size, twice the population of Australia mm. um, in, a, in, a, in a smaller area uh, of, uh, of a, you know, pretty cramped area of the city. So their, their numbers, their numbers are, but they're managing that, and the, the state of emergency they call was around a public holiday weekend to keep the numbers down, a bit like we've been doing here. You know, when we, we, we put some of our big yes. public holiday events on hold, well, they're doing the same thing in Japan. And uh, their language is a state of emergency. It's a bit different different to our language. We call it a lockdown. Mm. Uh, but no, the and the protocols that have been put in place by the organising committee and the Japanese government, uh, the, as, as you said, you know, the athletes go into Tokyo, they go to the village. The village is you know, kept uh, kept clean, if I can put it that way. Uh, they go to the competition venues, training venues, and then 48 hours after they finish, they come home. So it's constantly taking the load off the village. So you know, the uh, rowers and the uh, swimmers will be home before uh, the athletics uh, start their, their, their competitions. Mm. Um, the Aussie team starting to build 450 to, say, 500 athletes for Tokyo, 30-odd sports. Some have had their nationals and qualifications. I think the excitement, the anticipation starting to build, Matt. Well, it is, and it's it's real. Uh, you know, when we had the uniform launch, the ASICS uniform launch the other week, there, and the the, you know, the the athletes were able to put on the uniform, the green and gold. Um, it certainly is. It's been you know an extra year. Um, it's been a, as we all know a difficult year. Um, the same thing's been difficult for athletes. But I think that's what's the great thing. This is not going to be a, a normal Olympic Games. Obviously, there's no foreign visitors. It's very much centred on the athletes and the competition. And which is the prime focus, and that's what they're very pleased to be doing. And the rest of us back here in Australia, almost the same time zone, we'll be able to watch it all live on TV. Fantastic. Olympic Games, the opening ceremony, July the 23rd, so it's not far away. Matt Carroll, AOC CEO, thanks for your time. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for, for uh, being part of it all. Uh, great work. Matt Carroll, our guest. How good is that? So that's good news. So they get the vaccinations, which makes sense. Mm. Nobody misses out. Nobody's aunties and uncles and grandparents no. are missing out. They're not jumping the queue. Those that, to that want to can, those that don't, don't. 
in and out. They'll get they're tested. Our, they're It'll our Olympians. They're our Olympians. Five years. And it's an Olympic year, it which is. is always exciting. Come on, celebrate that. You can have your say on that or on the cricket situation, 8223 0000, text or email. Next, Port Adelaide star, Connor Rosie.